I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science as we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. Isaac Asimov once said the most exciting phrase in science is not Eureka, but, hmm, that's funny, respectfully, we think you can have a bit of both. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. You remember a couple of weeks ago we did uh, conservation? You know, uh, how, how we're choosing which animal to save, which endangered species, you know, should it, it we... It turned bring... out there was a bad question that we asked. Yeah, we said, uh, which endangered animal should we save? And our expert was like, shouldn't be asking that. And we're like, no, yeah. you're right. You're right. <laughs> but um, she she at least had a slight affinity to wasps. Yes, And both that, of us yeah. were like, no, not saving the wasp. Well, yeah. yes and no for me. Like, I, I think I'm probably a bit of a wasp apologist. Are you? Yeah. Okay, good, good. I think so. Just on the basis that I've, I sort of stick up for the marginalised. Um, okay. So animals that other people don't like, I always feel a bit sorry for and try and look for the good in that. So how I've are you that. with wasps at a picnic? Oh, yeah, pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I'm, not like, a, I'm not like a flapper. Okay. I'm not, I don't sort of run away or anything like that. I just sort of let it... like chill. Yeah, then. just chill, let it get on with it. Let it do its thing. All yeah, right. pretty much. I mean, yeah. you're very much in the minority... Yes, yeah, I think I am. But also, you kind of know that the flapping panic does mean you are more likely to get stung. Yeah, I mean, there's a rationality to that. But I think the only reason I don't flap and panic these days is basically because I had small children some you know once when when we were doing picnics or whatever and i was like i've got to model like being like sensible about it yeah and yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. what i want to do which is stand up run away and like flapping my hands around my face so are you scared of wasps it's not scared of them i don't like them at all and i sort well, of feel like they i mean i feel like they they really sort of oppress me like the okay. very presence mm. in the air anywhere mm. near me puts me on edge really i do not relax but you like bees. Yeah, everyone likes bees, don't they? Yeah. I think the reason that wasps get vilified is just the, the one thing that everyone knows about bees versus wasps, 
which is bees, if they sting you, they die, and it's very sad, and they're trying to protect, protect their hive. Uh, and wasps can just sting you and sting you and sting you. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, well, oh, okay. So that means that wasps must be evil. Uh, rather than thinking, bees are badly designed. <laughs> <laughs> which is what they should be thinking. <laughs> and wasps have nailed it. Yeah, all right. You know well, what I mean? Well, I'm gonna. I'm still gonna take some convincing. I'm gonna try and convince myself during this episode that that I should just like get over the whole wasp thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna take any convincing at all. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> the summer sunshine is making its way back into our lives, and you know what that means: barbecues, beer gardens, picnics, and nature's uninvited guests, the wasp. Although wasps are very similar to bees, they seem to be the ones to get all the grief. From possibly becoming the newest members of our bomb squads, being natural pest controls and even capable of zombifying spiders, let's face it, it's about time we put some respect on the wasp name. If you're still not convinced, don't worry, we're not trying to pit our two fuzzy, flying yellow and black insect pals against each other. But love them or hate them, they're here to stay and they're a pretty vital part of our ecosystem. And that's why this week we're asking, can we learn to love wasps? So I'm hoping today basically to get over my sort of I don't really like wasps thing Mm -hmm. and uh you know they're not going to become my favorite animal overnight I don't think okay uh but you know I'm I'm just going to kind of walk through this obviously you're going to help me because you think wasps are the bee's knees if I can say that the wasps knees but yeah (laughs) um I just I I do see just superficially why people find it easier to get on board with bees than wasps because bees you know they pollinate they make honey they as i said they die after they've sting you or sting something and and wasps appear to not this is this is the crucial thing they appear to not do very much but that isn't actually true i don't think no it's not as i found out uh basically from our expert who is uh dr syrian sumner uh she's an entomologist a behavioral ecologist from University College London, and she's just published a book on wasps called Endless Forms, The Secret World of Wasps. Uh, And she says bees actually sting just as much as wasps. The idea that wasps are more likely to sting you than bees is certainly that we get into situations with wasps that result in a sting. Bees don't tend to be uh, attracted to our picnics or our, you know, our barbecues. And the reason for that is that they are not interested in what we've got to offer. So wasps will generally try and hunt protein because they're predators. And so they will happily hunt the sausages on your barbecue or your chicken sandwich. (laughs) Whereas bees are vegetarian. In fact, bees are just wasps that have forgotten how to hunt. They evolved from wasps. And so they owe everything that's wonderful about bees. They owe it to wasps because they inherited that kind of evolutionary machinery that makes them able to do everything that they do from the wasps. So bees are just pussy wasps. (laughs) Yeah, basically. I knew it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, like, you know, give us an apex predator and we love it. Like the lion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The orca. Yeah. Amazing. Um, wasps. No. And it is an apex predator. Yeah. Because I guess not much is eating a wasp. Not really. No. Is Except it, other it, wasps. Uh, okay. Other wasps. Are any any birds having a go? No, probably not. Cause they're yeah, sort no, of the- no, I think they are. I think, I think you know, they do get eaten. But they're just kind of, you know, in their own little sphere. They, they just feel like, you know, 
kings of the road, really. They're the dons. Yeah, yeah. But amazingly, so I was, I was thinking about this, and a friend of mine, um, she did a PhD on bees. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, couldn't buy their proper name, Pussy Wasps. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember thinking, that's so cool, that's so brilliant. And like, you know, academic studying bees just seems like a really, really good thing. And uh, And I've never met anyone who's done academic studies on wasps. And so digging into this, it turns out that's not a surprise because basically, of all, I mean, this is uh, research that Dr. Uh, Syrian Sumner has done herself. And of all the academic papers, 2.4%, like between bees and wasps, 2.4% on wasps, 97.6% on the bees. That was quite slow. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I'm just maths. letting it yeah. sink in. I mean, you know, if that was football I possession see you stats, it out. no, I've got it written in front of me. It's even worse. <laughs> but like, it's like the the possession stats. Like, you know, if it was two point four percent, you'd be like, mm. oh, you're not you're not getting the ball at all, are you? I mean, it's just not fair. And and no. it, it's probably actually a reflection of of the public's feeling towards wasps. I'm sure it is. Yeah, when it comes down to it, because because. Um, Stuff that again, uh, Professor Sumner's done. Uh, she's like done studies of how people react. Like, what words do you choose when you talk about bees? Or, or you know, if I say bee, you know, what words come to mind? If I say wasp, what word comes to mind? And bees get honey, flowers, pollen, pollination, and wasps get sting, annoying, dangerous, angry. <laughs> so yeah. you know, it's like wasps are onto a massive loser. This uh, is real. Um, ag- again. As we had in our, in our conservation episode, it's anthropomorphizing to to a great deal. I think um, the the idea that sort of wasps are like angry and dangerous yeah. <laughs> when I mean there's no particular evidence for that, um, and, and also but they they seem aggro. So when they come at yes, me, but that's the it, pic- they seem uh, aggro. Pic- that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're hunting your sausage. They're, <laughs> they're hunting my doing. sausage. When I'm sort of I've got a, a barbecue or a just a beer in a oh, beer right, garden. You're doing okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I am. And uh, and and like you're in a beer garden, say, and they mm-hmm. they just come in and having a sip of your beer, and you're just like, oh, back off. You know, this is. And you're like, you either got to like f- try and fan it away, which never works. Just makes them. Just let it have a little drink. You just let it. You have to just let it. Have let a little it get drink. lashed, <laughs> and then and then sort of mosey off. And and what I realised. So so obviously I've sort of been researching this, and and sort of what I realised is I didn't really understand what it's like to be a wasp. I mean, that's where it all comes from. Mm. It's a stupid thing. I sort of can imagine what it's like to be a bee somehow. It's like, oh, yeah, you're just like, you're going around, you're getting some nectar. It's all good. You're just sort of going around doing, you know, getting pollen, making honey. It's, but to be a wasp, what does it mean to be a wasp? It's like, I have no idea what wasps do when they're not just annoying me. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess I'm not entirely sure. Okay, so let me enlighten you. So, yeah, so Okay, so there are 100,000 known wasp species. Yeah, there's loads of them. That's there? a yeah, lot. Yeah. I mean, that is yeah. a lot. But 70,000 of those don't have a sting. So like, for me, the defining characteristic of a wasp <laughs> is gone straight away, like from 70% of these. So we can't tie them all with the same brush, obviously. And obviously here in the UK, we have the German wasp and the uh, yellow jacket wasp, which is yeah. the, the you know, nasty one I don't like. And then there's the hornet, which is only like 6% of wasps or something. But when you see those, oh, they are big. Yeah. The, they the, are so scary. Even, even I, wasp apologists, will say that I don't particularly enjoy seeing a hornet. No. <laughs> they're, they're just too big. 
Yeah. It's so big. Yeah. Yeah. They feel like, okay, you should be in the Jurassic era or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so they're not around that much. So, you know, for, for something that incites such fear and hatred, you know, we only see them really for like a couple of months at mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. So most of the time the queen, so the queen spends the winter hibernating, wakes up, builds a nest, lays eggs. First brood is just daughters that are sterile. And they, you know, they basically build up the the nest, uh, and then eventually the queen sort of starts to create um, a, a brood that isn't isn't sterile. Mm-hmm. But those those all those worker wasps have to go out and basically feed the the larvae with meat with protein. Mm-hmm. So they're going out and looking for like soft bodied grubs and things like that to be able to bring back. But they can't themselves digest this stuff. So, so I mean, the wasp waste basically means their digestion system is is kind of screwed. So they they can't digest meat. So the, once you're an adult wasp, you're a vegetarian. What? You're not eating meat. Oh, so so, so the meat feeding, that they're hunting is for just the for the It's for the larvae. So they basically chew it up, give it ah. to the larvae. The larvae then excrete sugar, which is what the wasps want, right? But then eventually, the the queen stops producing these larvae, which means those wasps don't get the sugar. So they go in search of sugar somewhere else, which is where, you know, me and Mr. Wasp, Mrs. Wasp, encounter each other. And, well, well and a, so, bit, a bit of both. They're either they're after protein for their little ones. Yeah. So your sausage. Or yeah, earlier on. Later late, late on, summer, they're like, let's have a drink. Let's have yeah. some sugar, please, some sugar. So, they're, so they're, they're feeding on like rotten fruit, which gets them a bit tipsy as well. Uh, and, and maybe that makes them more aggressive. I don't know, uh, but so they'll they'll come for like jam at your mm. picnic or whatever mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. a brilliant source of sugar which they've been denied by not having any larvae anymore. So so the the excretion of the sugar by by the wasp larvae, yeah, is that the sort of equivalent of the bees making honey? Yeah, ah, I yeah. didn't know that. I mean, that's what they're feeding on. So you know, so you could you, you could sort of harvest wasp sugar, could you? I suppose you could. From, no, there's but, but a, no, there's you, an idea. So, I mean, what you do is you just eat the larvae. Yeah, I might. I don't think that's what I want to do. Uh, they're they're quite I'll, big on it in Japan. Is it, presumably they're sweet. Yeah, I, I have not tried. Um, but they're, they're sort I'll of apparently quite quite nutty and, and tasty. Hmm. Would you you'd be up for that, would you? Yeah, I'll try anything, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm not squeamish about that. I'm really not eating wasp larvae. Or or, or wasps any... themselves, like baked into rice balls, which is the other Japanese delicacy. Is that with presumably some non-stinging ones? Don't really want the sting in it particularly. I don't know. Can it sting? Yeah, it must do. It's got something posthumously. In there. Mm. Um, know, it's been baked. It's probably fine. Probably um, wasps fine. sting worse or better than a bee? Oh, I, I sort of. I don't want to spoil it. I think I might know that it's better. I feel like I know that. Better like as ra- in, as in, I'd rather I'd rather get stung by a wasp than than a bee. I think a bee is more painful. You're wrong. Am I? You are wrong. You See, are I'm, wrong. I'm such a wasp apologist. <laughs> I love those little guys. <laughs> oh come on, sting me. You're fine. Yeah. We're mates. Uh, so there's there's a guy um, who who basically tests all. He's an entomologist. Tested all the insect stings and bites and everything else. Justin Smith, his name is, uh-huh. created a, a, a scale, and he said that the bees are, you know, quite painful, but not as painful. Wasps go much more painful than that. So he he scored the the yellow jacket, the Western yellow jacket, the mm-hmm. one in your garden, uh, with a, a pain score of two, 
uh, and it goes up, basically goes up to sort of four or five-ish. Um, and he said it's like a cigar being extinguished on your tongue, was how he described it, which uh, is sort of fun. Yeah, her. Yeah, not great. Yeah, it's not great. But the warrior wasp, which is a, a, a four, basically one of the nastiest things, he said it's torture. In fact, his reaction to it is, why did I start this list? <laughs> <laughs> and where's the bee? Uh, the bee sort of back down at a sort of, you know, two and a half. The worst bee is slightly worse than, than a yellow jacket, but, you know, not, not that bad. Whereas you get like the tarantula hawk wasp, which he gives a four as well. Mm. And he says that's blinding, fierce, shockingly electric. But hang on. So, so a regular, the kind of wasp that we're encountering in this country, a yeah, it's, jacket, it's just getting a two. Is a, is a two. And what's a, what's a typical bee getting here? Uh, bees are getting between a half and two and a half. Oh, okay. So they're, so they're, they're just shifting down, a little bit lower. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. So, um, and, uh, but uh, Professor Syrian, she had a student who during one of the studies got stung 186 times by wasps, mm. you know, in the course of science mm. uh, and gave the wasps a credit in his PhD thesis. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's yeah. very good. Okay, so you still don't like them. I think that they do serve a purpose within the ecosystem that just is invisible. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have to give you that because that's what Professor Syrian told me. Thank you. I think there's opportunities for embracing and harnessing the power of wasps, the power of their hunting prowess, and particularly maybe in terms of pest control on in agricultural settings. So one of the things that we are researching at the moment is how farmers in developing countries who are subsistence level farmers who have small plots of land that they farm for their own nutrition to feed their family, if people can, in these countries who have less access to effective pesticides, would instead use their local wasps. So if they can use their local wasps, which often these countries have amazing diversity of wonderful wasps, literally on their doorstep, if they can use the wasps as their pest controllers rather than using chemicals, then that's both good for the people and also for the environment. This is fantastic. She so loves wasps, though. But so do I. <laughs> but they're, so they're, they're, they're saving us from uh, the overuse of, of chemicals. Yes, they are. I mean, it's absolutely true. So, so apparently they eat 14,000 tonnes of insects every year in the UK. Great natural pesticide. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. And, and her studies are they showing... They are making the world a better place. Yeah, her studies are showing that, that you know, they're really effective predators. So they, they did a, a study on uh, maize crops in Brazil and, and found that basically, yeah, that you, know, you can get wasps that will just devour the main pest on this, which is the fall army worm. And the sugarcane has this thing called the sugarcane borer. And you can just, you know, set the wasps on them and the wasps literally will go inside and pull them out. I mean, you know, it's really good if, you know, and no chemicals. It's just lots of very satisfied wasps. And then back to their delicious sweet babies. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, taking taking the protein back, yeah. getting a sugar treat. Yeah. I mean, everyone's, we everyone's happy. Yeah. I know, I You're know. You're still not convinced? Well, I know, and, and I, I should be. I mean, they're really good pollinators as well, so... They, they get no credit for that. <laughs> no, I know. Bees get all the credit. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And there's some species that, that only get pollinated by wasps as well, including some orchids. So, so apparently there's like 164 species of flowers that only get pollinated by wasps. Um, the or, Some orchids have, a, have 
basically got an evolutionary adaptation so they look like the back end they of look a female. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that's good. I mean, that is really good. Isn't yeah, I mean, that's essentially sort of uh, simulated wasp porn from the flower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, yeah. have a look at this. You like that, don't you? Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Go on. In you come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And there's uh, these flowers, helleborines, they're even sneakier. So basically they uh, produce these chemicals that, that are like, um, th- that plants emit when they're under attack from caterpillars. So the wasps are like, oh, caterpillars, I'm in. So they go to the they go to the flowers. Obviously, there's no caterpillars there, but they start treading all over the pollen. And and what's even better is that the hellebrains have this kind of fungal uh, growth in, inside of them that, that kind of make the, the the nectar into slightly sort of slightly alcoholic. So the wasps slow down. They just spend more time there. They pick up more pollen, and they uh, and they become really effective pollinators for the hellebrains. So you know, it's it's pretty clever stuff. I mean, this, this is probably the only example of wasps being manipulated themselves, isn't it? But isn't there, um, there's another plant, isn't there, that actually when it is getting attacked by grubs or something, that it releases a chemical that effectively calls yeah, that the wasps, calls wasps, in, wasps and, and then in. the wasps yeah. do eat them. Yeah. So yeah. it's not it's not a bluff. It's no. Like, no, we're literally No, but with the hellebrine, it's, in it's the, a bluff, yeah, which the, is yeah. really good. It is good. But I, I, I always love the idea of plants going, listen, wasps, you're going to have to, we're, we're getting fucked here. <laughs> Call uh, in the cavalry. And, and, and the wasps are like, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some hungry larvae to feed. <laughs> okay, hold that thought. We'll be back after this quick break to discuss how wasps might be able to help cure cancer, their ability to zombify spiders, and of course we'll be hearing Dr. Serian Sumner's answer to this week's question, can we learn to love wasps? Of course, my answer, of course we can. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. So the big argument here is should you, Brooksy, like wasps because they get rid of other creepy crawlies? Um, or are you still choosing a, a spider or something boring over a wasp? I would choose a spider over a wasp. That's I mean, still a pretty tough call. But, um, I mean, I, I can understand all the facts that I'm learning, mm. but I still, still got no love I, for I still got a kind of emotional reaction against wasps. But maybe after this episode, the next time you see a wasp, it'll be different because you'll have all this information. You'll be like, well, hold on, actually. Maybe. They, they, maybe. These guys are pretty cool. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. We'll see, won't we? I mean, yeah. it'll be for our listeners to to let us know if it actually changes their mind. But I mean, if if you want to know how horrific wasps are, 
You've only got to look at their mind control capabilities. So, I mean... Well, I'm a sucker for this. This is the problem. It's like, for me, this is horror. Like, this is just Mm. horror. For you, this is like... Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, which takes us back to our psychopath episode, doesn't it, yes, really? But, yes. uh, but there you go. So, um, so you've got these gall wasps, right? Which, mm-hmm. you, you know, you see these galls around, these big growths on trees. And, uh, and they just lay their eggs in, inside the plant. They sort of parasitize the tree. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of fine. But there's wasps called the Crypt Keeper wasps, which then parasitize the gall wasp. Which which just feels like, you know, come on. So a parasite on a parasite. A parasite on a parasite. Yeah, that's so, low. <laughs> so, so it lays an egg inside the gall, and then the larva of the Crypt Keeper attacks the gall wasp larva. Yes. And, and basically, the infected gall wasps, like, they chew their way out of the tree normally, mm-hmm. and they still start chewing their way out of the tree, but somehow they basically stop when the hole is small and their head is just like stuck in the hole. So they, they don't go out and they just stay there, their head blocking the exit. And then that protects the, all the other larvae that are growing inside of the, the Crypt Keeper wasp. And then uh, when the, all those larvae come out, um, they basically turn into an adult wasp after a few days, mm. eat their way through the heads of the gall wasps and just get out. <laughs> <laughs> so they're turning the other wasps, the gall wasps, into sort of zombies, and then yeah. when they're good and ready, eating their heads. Yeah. It, it doesn't make me like them any less. Really, it doesn't it? Way. Doesn't it? No! Oh, no. I mean, and you know that, I mean, loads of parasitic wasps eat caterpillars and or, yeah. you know, lay eggs inside caterpillars, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the caterpillars, you know, sort of basically just get eaten by the larvae as soon as they hatch. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of normal, or that's considered normal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, the, a wasp known as the European bee wolf, which paralyzes bees by stinging them with its venom mm-hmm. and then lays eggs on the paralyzed bodies of the bees, mm-hmm. which are basically in the ground. So these are ground-dwelling bees. Um, and basically what happens is the, the soil of the, the, around the bees can quite often just sort of have fungi in them that, that sort of basically destroys the body and makes it inedible. Mm. So the amazing thing is that these eggs that are inside the bee, they spew out loads of nitric oxide which acts as a preservative, basically, for the bee's body. So they actually That's preserve the clever. food until the larvae hatch, and then the larvae can eat the bees and go on their merry way. That's brilliant. I mean, it is brilliant. It is. There's, there's no flip side. That's brilliant. Or is <laughs> if you're the bee. Yeah, but I'm not the bee. I'm just watching. There's something about wasps eating bees that is just a transgression for me. The, the naming of it's good, that bee wolf. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's nasty. That works for me. Uh, the ichneumonid oh, wasp. Mm-hmm. It basically takes an orb spider, like lays an egg in the back of on the back of the orb spider, um, orb weaver, I should say. It hatches, the larva hatches, and it, it sort of somehow mind controls the spider, and it basically moves away from the group and starts spinning a, a, a sort of a weird looking web that basically acts as a cocoon for the um for the larvae to to mature in and the spider just stays there and guess what happens to the spider gets eaten <laughs> yes the spider gets eaten and it's just like zombified this this thing it just so waits it, to it, be eaten so it's it's been zombified it's made a nice cocoon for its 
predator. Yeah. And then eventually... And then it just sits there waiting. And then it sits there and then it gets eaten. Yeah. I think they're fantastic. (laughs) It's this roster fantastic. I I think any, any animal that is able to employ mind control to get another animal to do what it wants, I'm impressed by. Yeah, I'm impressed by it. It doesn't mean I like it, though. It doesn't mean it's going to come to come to the beer garden. I'm going to say, yeah. I mean, it's not those wasps that, no, that are doing no, that, to be fair. No, but, you know, no. I'm tarring them all with the same brush, pretty much, because I think they deserve it. It's, 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 it's just horrific nightmare hell insect. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I don't agree at all. I don't think it's a horrific nightmare hell insect, as you say. But move on from that stuff. What, what else have you got? So, so they, I mean, we can profit from these things. I mean, if that's the right way to put it. Mm-hmm. So so we can take, uh, for instance, uh, wasp venom is being trialled in attempts to kill cancer cells. Okay. So so what it does is destroys the lipid layer on top of a, a cancer cell in the in a way that it doesn't destroy. It basically creates loads of holes in it and it leaks out because the, the lipids on the surface of cancer cells are arranged differently to on normal cells. And if you destroy those lipids and you actually just create massive holes and then the insides leak out, so you're killing cancer cells. So so the, there's that, I mean, which That's, is pretty good. Yes. Um, there's people developing a surgical tool based on a, a wasp ovipositor. So the thing that, that puts the eggs inside, say, yeah. a caterpillar. You know, it's like oh, yeah. a ratchet mechanism, like a, a conveyor belt thing. Yeah. And you can mimic this, basically, and use it to remove blood clots from people. So that's sort of being the same sort of mechanism is, is being exploited for that. And ideally, you know, pulling out sort of tumour cells as well. So that's quite good. Um, and the other good thing about wasps or the thing that impressed me about wasps is that the only invertebrates that have been shown to be sort of able to think logically so that you can present them with a hierarchy of things like you know this comes before this and then that comes before that and then that comes before that and you can show them the fourth thing and they'll know that it is after the second thing for instance even though they, they they sort of you know they aren't seeing everything together but they can put things together like the first two things and then they see so they, they, they can think logically. They, so they to, basically to, to have logical degree. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I was already on board with wasps. I'm falling in love with wasps. <laughs> Zombifying stuff. Potentially providing a cure for cancer. Thinking logically. Yeah. Getting rid of pests on crops. And the amazing. Here's an amazing one. What's not to love it? So, so they've been cited as as useful in uh, bomb detection and like sniffing out for for drugs in airport uh, lug- in luggage at airports and things like that can you believe that yeah because i think they're amazing <laughs> I, I now believe that wasps can do anything that they put their minds their logical minds <laughs> well i i thought it was a bit far fetched um anyway i asked dr sumner how wasps can be trained to, to detect bombs yeah it's a reasonable question They get a bunch of parasitoid wasps and they train them to associate a particular chemical cue, which might be a chemical detectable from some drugs like cocaine or from explosives. And the wasps are trained to associate that smell or that chemical cue with a good thing like sugar. So you can train them to associate that chemical with a a reward. And once you've, you've trained them to do that, then they will actively seek out that explosive smell or that chemical smell from the cocaine. Once they've trained the wasps to 
detect that particular chemical. They put them in a kind of little jar with a tiny pinhole at one end and they pump the air into the pot from the suspected baggage and if there's any of the chemical from the explosive or the the drugs in that bag the wasps will flock to the pinhole of the jar where the air's coming in and that tells you that there's likely to be that illicit drug or chemical in that bag so that that is pretty amazing obviously we do already have dogs that do this yeah but there's problems with dogs there are aren't there they're they're not sort of they're not as good at it as you uh, sort of led to believe also they read their handler's body language yeah so so if you've got a prejudiced handler basically who says oh that guy's got dark skin and a beard i wonder if there's a bomb in his luggage the dog's like the dog basically says yeah Yeah. me too <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I am also prejudiced. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so you, know, you can imagine that, like, you know, obviously wasps are not reading anyone's body language. They don't give a shit. No, they're just like, listen, we'll sniff out the stuff. <laughs> give, give me the sugar. sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're all <laughs> That's good. That's the way it'll work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the trouble with this is, I mean, I so this was around in like 2005. This was invented. It's called the wasp hound, and there was quite was. a lot of sort of you know interest around it. But I haven't been able to find any evidence that it's been taken up or actually i think there's problems with it probably well, the, the practicalities the, of it the practicalities are pretty um pretty thorny i would say because i don't think people are going to enjoy going through <laughs> <laughs> going through the airport and then suddenly someone's saying uh, yeah if you just step this way sir uh, into this enclosed chamber full of wasps <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no need to worry. Just gonna, just gonna have a little sniff of your baggage. Uh, you can imagine uh, the airline saying, yeah. "You know what? We're not really on board with this." Yeah, I think we'll go with the, uh, with like the racist the dogs. dogs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll stick with the dogs. Um. Yeah, so, I, so that's a, that's a no go, really. But it's a good idea. It, yeah, yeah, it is a good idea. And I, you, you know what's, you know what's starting to happen now is I'm thinking, I lo- look, I love bees. But I'm starting to wonder if I now actually prefer wasps. Oh, really? Yeah. Swung you that way? Yeah. Oh. I mean, well, this, bees, is, this is all great stuff. Bee, I mean, bees are just sort of basic bitches in some ways, aren't they? Yeah. I think they are. It's just not, it's so obvious not that to interesting. Like a bee. Yeah. Oh, they pollinate everything. Yeah. I just, I just can't get past the sense of fear that wasps induce in me. And I've not been stung that often. I, you know, I can think of like two or three times in my adult life when I've been stung by a wasp. But I, I, I do not want to be stung ever again. So I'm, I'm really struggling to get but over would you this. want to get stung by a bee, really? No. But that just doesn't happen. Does it? Uh, no. I mean, I, I think I've only been stung by a wasp once and I was sort of fine with it. So thank you for sharing your venom with me. Yeah. Are you trying to zombify me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm still not a fan of wasps. I'm still Ugh. afraid of wasps. I don't like them being around me. I don't relax when they're around. So uh, I asked Professor Sumner just what to do when a wasp turns up. Watch her, see where she goes, work out what she wants, and then just kind of make that your wasp offering at your picnic and let her have a taste of your picnic, but she will leave you alone. She's just not interested in you at all. She is not out to get you. There we go. 
A wasp offering. A wasp offering. I quite what, like the sound what, of what that. What can I get you? What can I get you? You want a bit of sausage? No problem. Yeah. Are, are you, are you, are you after there. protein for the larvae? Or are you just yeah. like after a little bit of sugar because it's the end of the summer? Yeah. Are you, an, are, are you old? You're old? You want sugar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's a much better way, you know. And we, actually, we can re- work, it's we can really work obvious. Together. Of course we can. Yeah. And then effectively, it's you all having a picnic and the wasp has just joined you. Yeah. And then, then, then she'll go off and do some pollinating maybe zombify a spider or something. You know, she's, she's got her own thing to do. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> I'm asking the question, can we, can we not to love wasps? We know you, that we can, because I, can. Already, I already pretty much did. And this episode has made me love them even more. Okay. Well, I also asked Professor Sumner this. The media has done a really good job in helping people understand and therefore love bees. And so I think what we need is we need more media coverage of what wasps do. And I think the media is the voice to the world, the voice to the people. Not many people, uh, not many members of the public will go and read a scientific paper about bees or wasps. But they will hear about them on the radio when you have scientists talking about them on the radio or newspaper articles or on TV. So I think we just need more positive messaging about the amazing science that wasps have to offer. And then I would hope that, you know, a decade from now, we will be loving wasps as much as we do bees. We're providing a service. We are. I mean... She she didn't. I mean, she missed a trick by not mentioning her own book. You know, she's got a book out about, yes, about yes, wasps. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, she wants us to love wasps. I'm not convinced I can love wasps, but I can probably coexist with them now. But you you absolutely take her point about the it being a PR exercise. Yeah, I, I do. I do. It reminds me a bit of sharks. That's true. Sharks have had a terrible, terrible sharks have time. Had a, a, a really bad time, almost entirely because of Jaws. Yeah. Um, which Peter Benchley, who wrote the book Jaws, felt very guilty about and spent the rest of his life campaigning for more awareness of how great sharks are. But unfortunately, the damage was done, Peter. So do you think the damage is done because bees have actually just sort of ousted wasps? We love bees so much that wasps are actually just sort of, you know, second tier now. No, or is it actively like wasps are nasty little buggers? I, I, I think that we have a... Well, you, you have a perception of... Wasps as yeah, being ag- aggressive and, and nasty yeah. and like out to get you, yeah. which is not true. Um, and bees sort of just just aren't really like that, don't seem like that. And there has been an amazing um, sort of PR drive behind bees yeah. about how amazing they are and how vital they are, Who's which is all true. I don't, I don't honestly know. Big B. We're all in the pockets <laughs> of Big B. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and unfortunately, we should be in the pockets of Big Wasp now. A Big Wasp. Uh, it's, I mean, it's time is coming. Yeah, and big. you know what Big Wasp's uh, slogan is? What? Bees are just pussy wasps. <laughs> <laughs> pussy wasps who've forgotten how to hunt. <laughs> Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan. Sound design by Katie Baxter. Special thanks to today's expert, Dr. Seri and Sumner. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also do really love hearing from you guys. So if you have a burning science question you want answering, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Thanks.
Eureka is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.